G'day, mate. 40 here. Do you guys realize how bad the, the sexual harassment is in Australia's federal parliament in Canberra? It's just out of control. Not this the is lines Paul Barry. Between advertising and program content breaks down the audience's Whoa. trust. Alarming oh details have emerged from the inquiry into the work. Hotbed of harassment. That's what our Parliament House has turned into. Place culture in federal parliament, sparked by the alleged rape of a staffer in a minister's office. Hello, I'm Paul Barry. Well okay, so the staffer chose to get drunk and chose to go back to Parliament House with a fellow co-worker, right, and chose to get into a room alone with him while she was intoxicated, and then she alleges that she was drunk. So I'm not sure what role do people play in their own misfortune, right? Seems to be that you don't get drunk with uh, blokes you don't trust and get yourself in a position where you're alone with them if you don't want certain bad things to happen. Welcome to Media Watch. And to top off a tumultuous year in Canberra, Sex Discrimination Commissioner Kate Jenkins last week released a damning report into the work... Sex Discrimination Commissioner? Holy hell. Australia has a sex discrimination commissioner. ...place culture at Parliament House, which revealed a toxic environment of bullying and sexual harassment. A shocking, toxic environment of bullying and sexual harassment. So, are there any environments where men and women are together frequently where there isn't some bullying and sexual harassment? I mean, in science labs, there's bullying and sexual harassment. All right? the nature of the male-female dynamic is that men are going to have a crack. In two of the workers that are there right now... This is Kate Jenkins, Sex Discrimination Commissioner. So, I believe that different groups have different gifts. And just because some groups have, say, higher achievement in some areas does not mean that those groups who have lower achievement in other areas are being discriminated against. Right? We have different gifts, we have different proclivities, we have different talents, and that's just baked into nature. So as a traditionalist, I accept that uh, men and women have different gifts on average, that young people and old people have different gifts, that different groups and different religions and different ethnicities have different gifts. And it's not disparate outcomes are not necessarily the result of discrimination. Have experienced bullying, sexual harassment or sexual assault. So 77% of staff have witnessed or experienced bullying. Look, when you have a job, you're, the, you're often the functional equivalent of a slave 40 hours a week. That's just how it is. Work is hard. And workers in general try to do as little work as possible for as much money as possible. And bosses in general try to extract as much work as possible while paying as little as possible. These, these are dynamics built into the reality of work. And some of the experiences shared with the commission were shocking. The MP sitting behind me leaned over. He grabbed me and stuck his tongue down my throat. The others all laughed. Okay, that's ugly behavior. All right. I have never engaged in, in that sort of behavior. And I would not appreciate it if someone acted that way toward my daughter or my niece or my sister or my mother. Right? That's just ugly behavior. The report made a big splash on the front page of the West Australian, which called it horrifying and sparked a similar reaction on ABC's The Drum. This is extraordinary. 
And it was also a hot topic on Nine's Today Show and on Studio 10. We should never, as a country, be in this position ever again. One in three workers are victims of harassment. So what is harassment? Let's say I go to work and there's a woman there with a low-cut top. And it, how, why is that not harassment based on the way that male nature is? The male nature, the male gaze is to look, right? is to lust and to look. Right. So I, I like Jordan Peterson's point. Why are women wearing makeup to work if they don't want to get sexually harassed? Like, why try to make yourself as sexually provocative as possible? Why are you wearing high heels, tight sweaters, tight dresses, low cut blouses? Why are you trying to accentuate your sexuality and then claim that you don't want to get harassed? Right? To me, that just doesn't hold up. Right? We all try to use our abilities to get as much of what we want as possible, right? So I may lay on the charm. Uh, someone else may use their, their looks. Uh, other people may use their mathematical ability. We're all out there maximizing our own chances. So women do it, men do it. It's been a long time coming, and these figures are terrifying. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Half of parliamentary staffers report harassment and bullying. I don't know. Have you ever been to school? Harassment and bullying is uh, pretty normal. Now, there are levels of harassment and levels of bullying that are, that are not normal. So I, I just don't find these, these self-reported uh, accusations terribly shocking or you know, horrifying. Right? There's no empirical validation. This is just people making allegations, right? They don't have to submit any evidence. The evidence is anonymous reports and uh, some interviews where people are not cross-examined, right? They just state that certain things happen. But over on Sky's Paul Murray Live, they had a very different take featuring an all-male panel and this disclaimer. Look, I get it. It's four blokes talking about it on telly, but alas, we cannot change who we are or how we identify, but we are part of the inclusive discussion. What, so blokes never get harassed? Blokes never get bullied? Blokes are less human? Blokes are less uh, less valuable? Blokes' opinions are less important? Blokes get harassed and bullied, right? Every, every bit as much as women do. Wait, you've never seen a bloke get bullied? And just who was included? Paul Murray, Nicholas Reese. Chris Kenny and Mark Latham, now leader of One Nation New South Wales, who had this to say. It doesn't accord with the experience I had there for a decade, and they say these problems go back decades. It, it, it doesn't uh, feel to me like it's evidence-based. Well, So that's Mark Latham. He's the former leader of the left-wing Labour Party here in Australia. He's now the New South Wales One Nation leader of uh, Paula, Pauline Hanson's Nativist Party. Actually, Mark, it was based on plenty of evidence, including 302 written submissions. Okay, that's not terribly... How is that evidence? People submit things in writing, 490 interviews, 935 survey responses. So there's no empirical validation of any of these allegations. 490 interviews and a survey of almost 1,000 current workers. But Sky Stablemate Chris Kenny also queried whether the findings could be trusted. The survey itself was an anonymous survey and less than a quarter of the people it was sent to returned any answers. So it's not a representative survey. 
That left the third male panellist, Nicholas Rees, who is Melbourne's Deputy Lord Mayor, to defend the report on his own. We should all be sitting here, we should all be sitting here saying we are going to be champions of change. This panel should be universally saying we are champions of change. Come on, we are Come on, guys, don't you want to be champions of change? Look, I don't like ugly, bullying, harassing, awful behaviour, whether it's directed towards men or, or women. So if uh, this leads to better behaviour, then I think that's great. Also, I recognise that, that male nature is to pursue women. So a, a good and decent traditional society puts up protections for women. But these protections would now be called discrimination because a traditional society recognised that men and women need to be spoken to differently and treated differently. That's a traditionalist approach. So you can't claim that women need to have equal rights and then claim that there should not be any... Then there should also be special protections for them. You can't have both equal rights and then special treatment. So I'm a traditionalist. I think you should speak to young people differently than you speak to old people. You should speak to aristocrats different from proles. You should speak to men differently from women. And three minutes later, when he called them out, it did not get any better. I am honestly just appalled that every comment I've heard from you in this debate so far tonight, you're trying to downplay or discredit the findings and not talk up the seriousness of it. It's unacceptable. We have to do something about it. We've got to drive change here. And in case we hadn't heard enough from old white males... Oh, so old white males, we, they don't count, they're not important. Like, uh, somehow they're less valuable, their votes shouldn't count, their voice should not be heard. What is it about old white males that makes them ipso facto, ipso facto reprehensible? This sounds like overt racism and ageism and sexism. So racism, ageism, and sexism, according to Paul Barry, is perfectly okay when you're directing it against old white males, or say Christian males. But if there's any kind of reverse discrimination, then it's awful. Graham Richardson had given us his view two hours earlier on Sky's Christmas tonight. I don't think that, uh, that there needs to be a turning point. I don't believe that the culture in Parliament House is as bad as people are trying to make out. But you, you can't get carried away with a few complaints. However, unlike Paul Murray, Chris... Look, I went to Sacramento twice with the Free Speech Coalition, which is the lobbying arm of the pornography industry. And they lobbied the state parliament for you know, porn rights. And when I walked around the state state congress, the state capital, Sacramento, I was stunned by how gorgeous the women were. The, the women who worked in the state capitol, who worked for the, for the politicians, who worked for the representatives and the members of the California Senate, they were better looking than the porn stars. So power attracts beautiful women. All right. So women want men who have power and men want women who are young and beautiful. It's a little bit like when I was working in Hollywood as a background actor, just the raw naked sexual energy and excitement was was uh, breathtaking so men who had some power in hollywood they were like lining up the women and, and the blokes that they wanted and then those who had beauty were like lining up the people in power that they wanted and they were all interested in some kind of transaction where they were willing to trade their bodies for like access to power all right so if the atmosphere in parliament is so toxic then don't work there
right? Uh, places like Parliament, uh, places where powerful people gather, they're highly alluring and attractive to young, beautiful women who want to leverage the power that comes with their beauty to try to move up and uh, secure a strong, powerful man. So when there's plenty of power around, there's going to be great sexual excitement. When there's great sexual excitement, people are not going to behave with uh, complete calm and serenity, right? Sex is in the air. When power's in the air, sex is in the air. When men and women are together, sex is in the air. So that's why Orthodox Judaism largely segregates the sexes, and that's why uh, I think it's a healthy part of Australian culture is that the sexes are largely segregated. Smith understood the fundamental need to include a female voice and had Prue McSween there to battle it out with the blokey battalion. The problem with Parliament House, as I see it, is this whole Canberra bubble, which is like a boys club. They're in denial. That is absurd. This is the problem. Until they accept that there is a problem and stop kidding themselves. And you could say the same for the old blokes at Sky who were almost beyond parody in that response. But now, to Alec... Oh, the old blokes. I mean, old white blokes. Who cares about that? Now, I don't denigrate the female experience. If women are having a terrible time in Canberra, then their story should be told. If people are... Like, if someone grabs you and sticks their tongue down your throat, that's assault, right? That's a criminal matter. You should perhaps go to the police if people are assaulting you. So I don't denigrate or deny the, the female experience here, but I also don't denigrate and deny the old white male experience. I, I just don't see why you know, one group is sacred and the other group is ipso facto bad. Good article in the Washington Post. Advocates push nationwide movement for land return to blacks after victory in California. So one black family's successful fight to reclaim a picturesque stretch of beach is giving hope to others seeking the return of property that was taken from them. So this was in uh, Manhattan Beach, California, the descendants of a black family that had their land taken by eminent domain for a park now being given the public park, which they can sell for $75 million. So what? White people never had land taken from them by eminent domain. Uh, Asians, uh, Latinos, what? Blacks are the only people who've ever lost land to eminent domain. Like, people did not spring out of the earth, right? I don't believe in, in a moral right to any uh, particular plot of, of land. Right? I don't believe that the Jews own Israel or the um, you know, white Christians own America. Like, nobody springs out of the ground. Everybody moves from someplace else to take over land. So Manhattan Beach, California, Washington Post says, Black family successful fight to reclaim a stretch of Southern California shoreline, which they now get to sell for $75 million, has ignited a national movement. Look, there was a national movement before this. With activists eyeing white-owned properties around the country, they say it rightfully belong to African Americans. Ah, oh, good morning, Jim. I am blessed. Thank you for your hospitality and for taking me around Sydney and for being such a genial and generous host. So I am doing well, mate. So I'm going up to Sydney. I'm going up to Queensland next week. So I'll be leaving town for about a month. 
and then plan to be back in Los Angeles in uh, the middle of January, probably sort out my affairs and uh, sort my stuff and probably move back to Australia permanently at the end of January. That's what I'm thinking right now. I haven't made any final decisions, but where I sit right now, I think about 85% chance that I'm going to be moving to Sydney. So this victory for this for these blacks in Manhattan Beach was hailed as a watershed moment. The first example of black people forcing the return of property was taken from them by one means or another, often violently over the years. Well, uh, whites and I guess blacks and Asians and Latinos took took land from American Indians. Everybody took land from somebody. So I don't buy into this whole moral argument that you know certain land belongs to certain races. Would the Bruce's Beach case be a one-off or a tipping point in a national struggle over black land ownership? Well, generally speaking, whites own more land in America than blacks. So that's unequal. And so we've got, we've got this push for giving more land to blacks, just like in Australia, we're increasingly been giving more and more land to the aboriginals. So now there are more than 100 people eager to make the case that they have a rightful claim to property now occupied by others. This is infinite. There are an infinite number of claims for, for claiming, you know, on, on moral grounds that this property belongs to you. And uh, so these advocates say that this, this real estate thing lies at the root of the wealth gap between whites and African-Americans. Well, could there be anything in, say, the culture of white America and black America that may be contributing to the wealth gap? Anything in, say, education? Anything in work ethic? Because I, I know Asians make more money and have more wealth than whites. So is there anything about Asian culture and the way they live in America that uh, accounts for the wealth gap between Asians and whites? Or there's a wealth gap between, say, Indian Indians, people from India moved to America. They're about the richest ethnic group. Is it perhaps something that they're doing? So it's not just black people who've lost property to eminent domain, right? And uh, nobody, nobody comes straight out of the earth, you know, given given a sword by. You know, the lady of the lake to signify that they own a particular you know, bit of land. Bye-bye.